hello and welcome to the Oliver James podcast, bringing you conversations with industry leaders, everything you need to know about building connections and how to enhance and elevate your career and DWF podcast series. So welcome back all. Thank you again for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Amazing. So in in our previous episode, we discussed uh, some of the challenges when it comes to attracting women um, within business. And in today's episode, we're going to turn our focus onto the promotion and progression of women. So Sarah, obviously, you touched upon some of these points um, in our previous episode. Um, What are some of the challenges um, in the promotion and progression of women? Uh, Yeah, I mentioned before in um, episode two that we men and women are often viewed very differently when considering promotion and you know I mentioned the fact around a lot of our um, women have said that women are viewed on performance but men are viewed on potential and um, and it's trying to kind of get eliminate that bias from the promotions process and we also spoke about promotion criteria does it factor in the differences and different positions of marginalized individuals as well so looking at um the fact that a lot of women will take up roles like people management roles or become a leader in csr or dni or will work on learning and development for example training that kind of thing which not necessarily are in the legal sector billable hours but they still contribute to the law firm's overall culture, overall brand, um, and and I think they, those kind of things, I think, are still barriers in in the in the legal profession and other professions, and something that we we still need to work on. Yeah, and what do you, what do you think success looks like um, for well for everybody? What what do you think? How how do businesses measure success? Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? There's there's so many ways to measure it. Um, Obviously, in the business we're in, you know, you're measuring revenue, aren't you? You're you're measuring your achievement on targets. But I think it's an interesting question because I think what success looks like to me is so different now than when I was in, say, my mid twenties. Different stages in in my career and success these days as well isn't just from a business or individual perspective, it's it's what it means to you, isn't it? And that it's different to everyone. Um, some people I speak to now, success is about being able to work incredibly hard and achieve everything that you are uh, focused on achieving, but also being able to have work-life balance and relax and mm. not work till 10 o'clock at night. Um, others, it's working till 10 o'clock at night. So I, I just think it's so different and it's a very um is a question targeted to the individual and what does success look like to them versus what it looks like to a group of people or a team of people and you just kind of build it together don't you yeah I think it's a very interesting question that as in what success looks like because the issue that we're tackling here is okay so what are the challenges that women face when it comes to progressing why is it that there seems to be such an underrepresentation in businesses particularly around senior leadership and women being part of the senior leadership team um, so it's important to look at it from a leadership perspective what does the leadership team view as success when they're promoting when they're looking and reviewing um, you know competencies or performance um, and then also whether that is in line with the employees in general what what do i as an employee see as success when i'm contributing to the business and when i'm working for an organization is there is there a gap there between what i think is i'm, I'm doing a really good job and this is what success looks like to what the business actually views as success 
Um, so I think having clarity is, is really important. It's a lot easier, I guess, in sales organizations or organizations where you have KPIs and metrics because it's simple. It's like, you know, you're trying to hit a, a specific target, but sometimes it can be a little bit ambiguous and um, there can be a gap between what the business views as success and what individuals see as, as success. I think the goalposts are always moving, aren't they? Because, you know, from a business standpoint, you set a vision and you have your goals to achieve. Once you've achieved them, you're then setting new goals and you're working tirelessly as an individual and as part of a team to achieve those. And, you know, does that align back to the question of do you ever feel like you are successful because you're constantly trying to achieve something where the goalposts are constantly moving? And that's fantastic. But equally, maybe, yeah, that's a, a sorry, just speaking out loud, it's a question, isn't it? And it, it makes yeah. you think, you know, you should have milestones like we talked about in the other episodes of success. You actually feel successful yeah. rather than you're constantly chasing it and feeling, I don't know, like you're still far from achieving it. Yeah, I think yeah. you made a really interesting point as well, Anna, in terms of how success what you view as success changes depending on where you are within your like stage of life as such. And I wonder, is it is it something that is constantly evolving? You know, we talked about DNI evolving. Um, I suppose are these areas of the business that are evolving alongside of it? I suppose what I'm trying to say is, you know, with with obviously everything that's happened within the world in the last year, a lot of people's priorities and perspectives are changing. A lot of people used to view, you know what they earn in a year to be the most important factor. Whereas actually a lot of people are now changing the way they think and the way they look at things and are actually thinking, no, my work-life balance is far more important than my salary. So is it something that we think is continually, continuously changing? And how can we make sure that businesses are set up to ensure that people are feeling, as Anna said, feeling successful? Yeah, 100%. I think that if I look back to my mid-20s, so when I moved to New York when I was 25, my idea of success was working in the office till midnight, two in the morning, being the best, being the hardest working. And obviously that aligned to making the most money I could I could make and having a great lifestyle and traveling and everything like that. And now it's obviously I want to achieve and I want to uh, be the best. I want my business to be the best and I still have that inner motivation. But for me, it's, I need to be able to achieve all of that and leave the office at six so that I can come home and be with my family. And I want to work towards having another home and another home on top of that. And, you know, whatever your goals are, they just change, don't they? But I think uh, you made a valid point. I think regardless of your age and time of life, I do think that everyone is starting to realise the value in not being stressed and having that work-life balance, which I think has had a massive shift in the last few years. Raz, I can imagine yeah. you would agree with that as well. Yeah, 100% I agree. And I think it's interesting the point that you raised, Anna, about how those motivations can change and shift um, and businesses really need to be in tune with that and actually go through that evolution with with. Um, your your employees and and also where we are um, in in this in the world that we're living at the moment. Um, a lot of businesses obviously have been have been forced to create um, you know that agility when it comes to working because we're, obviously the pandemic has forced us to do that. But I think you raise a really good point about actually just talking from your personal experience and that has how has that has changed actually over the last five years. Um, yeah, from so one extreme to the other as well. Yeah, and I think yeah. as well it's it's like nobody nobody's there telling you you need to do those things I, I was so motivated at that point in my life that that's what I wanted to do and that's what made me feel like that was 
being successful and obviously as you grow older you learn don't you and you yeah you know uh, things change in life but I just think it's so important that internally from an organization standpoint I don't want anybody within Astral as a business to ever feel like if they're sat there till nine o'clock at night that's what I need to see to think that they are successful because Mm -hmm. it's the opposite I don't want people to be burnt out and I don't want them to be exhausted and, and sat there for the sake of it for me it's productivity and output and if somebody can achieve that in four hours versus 12 and that is more successful for me then they're happier outside of work and life as well so I think it just it, it it's individual isn't it and it's it changes through the course of your life I definitely think there's more of a generational issue now though with the next generation coming into the workforce and they see kind of the traditional in the legal sector partners working all hours of the day working on their holidays that kind of thing um and they don't want that life you know they openly say that's not the life we want I think the pandemic has definitely accelerated that with more people being conscious about their well-being and about the amount of time that they're at they are sat at their desk working and I think from what we hear from our junior colleagues is they don't they don't want that life that's not what they want so how do we take that and in the future develop a job role a working practice that suits the life that they they want to live because it is because it is different you know um years ago it was all about bringing in that kind of one client that was going to be your money maker now it's a little bit different and i think I think we just need to ad- adapt to what's going on in the world, how our people want to work and what working practices are, are going to work in the future for our people. Yeah, definitely. And do you think there's any differences between um, sort of the female, male um, in terms of how success is measured? I think there's a lot of assumptions placed on women about uh, their role in, in the workforce. I think... It, particularly when women have caring responsibilities there's an assumption that maybe they presume they're going to be logging off at certain points of, of the day and that they you know they don't I think a lot of line managers are now really uber conscious about not overloading that person with work but they don't necessarily have that conversation and I think so I think communication is key to avoid that kind of assumption that you know once you become a working mother or a or a, a, a carer as a, as a female that you're you know that you're not as committed to your job or that you're, you don't have as much time as you did before mm-hmm. I think that those conversations we need to be encouraging line managers to have with their people yeah, and that comes down to trust as well, doesn't it? Because everybody is hard. Well, every every hardworking person is going to work hard regardless of, of what hours they are set by the company they work for. And I think that's such a key point, Sarah. You know, sometimes I think I need to stop working between five and seven to be able to kind of do everything around the house and with the family and provide that support. Um, but then I know that if I have work to do, I will log back on at seven till 10 11 12 o'clock whatever I need to do to get that work done and I think there will be a lot of people in a similar position that agree and I think that's that trust between you and and the business you work for and your your hiring manager that they understand that as long as the work is done it we do need to work around things like that as well and that is kind of more the evolution of the modern working day now I think and especially like you said Steph 
COVID and what's happened over the last 12 months has accelerated that. I think we're probably where we would have been in five years if this hadn't have happened. Um, and it's and it's only going to further develop. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, really good point as well, Anna, about what you were saying about, and, and Sarah, I guess, you know, the caring responsibilities. And I think um, as a business, we, we need to think about succession planning and as women are developing and that you know and, and, and men and you know your, your um, priorities change how does the business accommodate that and do does a woman in a business see herself in this in doing the same thing in 10 years time so if you're someone young who's just joined and you know you're, you're, you may be able to put in those really long hours right now do, are you seeing this as long term and is this does there seem to be a drop off at a certain level and is that that is that impacting then women's progression in the business what are some of the factors that we think that are influencing seeing this like I said underrepresentation at, at the higher level I completely agree I mean succession planning is I think one of the keys to to stop that drop off because there is a drop off in the legal sector as a whole with and um, after kind of 10 to 12 years women are dropping off and we see a shift when it comes to partner and director roles and um, as to many other law firms I think succession planning is absolutely vital for purely for business continuity purposes it goes down to the sustainability of your business your business to keep running and you know we should be ensuring that our people and particularly our, our um, female workforce know that they are the leaders of tomorrow and how are they going to get there and you know what 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 is the business doing around active sponsorship making sure that to our talent is being exposed to the right opportunities um, as I said from a kind of business continuity perspective our clients want to know that you know who is going to be taking over the from the lawyer that they're working with on a day-to-day -day basis in however many years time um, and I think we can do a lot around making room at the table rather than, you know, often when we talk about succession planning, a lot of our people will become quite territorial or, you know, scared about the fact that, you know, they're losing a position. But it's not it's not about that. It's adding more seats at the table and trying to build for your for your future rather than taking away. And um, I think we need to look at it like that. Yeah. So what, what do you think some of the ways that we can support um, particularly women in their progression and the promotion? Um, you know, I know you mentioned um, in terms of like obviously different levels and different stages of uh, a woman's like career as such, they will expect different or they'll sort of look towards different levels of success. What can we what, as a business, what can you actually implement to put those so, those sort of um, what I'm going to say. As a business, what can you put in place to support women to ensure they are getting what they need to be promoted, to progress, to feel successful? Mm -hmm. um, I think something interesting that, that's probably happened as we've been talking here, maybe sharing stories and, and women yeah. seeing people. So like what Anna was just sharing there is, is an example of that, you know, um, you're, you're in, a, in a leadership role and um, does does someone who is joining the business a female seeing that and hearing that story is 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 something that is quite inspirational and I see as, as attainable as well. Um, so I think bringing it more to life and putting sh sharing more stories, um, real people stories within the business is is one way for businesses to try and tackle that because if I don't see that representation, 
I'm not going to see that as something that maybe, like I said, I could even aim for. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, com I completely agree with that. I think um, that male leaders need to know that they have a power and have a voice in accelerating female talent as well and that they can be the advocates and that they can be the sponsors for female talent and, and they do have a, a vital role to play and to talk about issues, to talk about, you know, returning from work for after shared parental leave, for example, we've had a, we've had a really great success of quite a lot of our male colleagues going on shared parental leave and they come back and they share their experience or, you know, male partners. Again, we've had really good instances of this male partners talking about menopause and how it affects um, our female colleagues in, in the workplace. And, you know, going back to what Roseanne said, just sharing those experiences so that people know that there's so that they know that the challenges that, that our people are facing or do face and how they overcome it and and know that they can they can do that too i think that's that's completely vital yeah i think definitely um in terms of what you said Rosanne, in terms of sharing stories you know uh, when you work in a, in a global business for example like oliver james um, you might have a female consultant that you know starts off um, it might be her first recruitment role as such and they might look at anna and they won't know that you do all of that they'll just look at mm -hmm. someone who is really successful probably just presume that you are doing those super super long hours and not actually hearing sort of your experience and how you've gone from being a junior recruitment consultant to being a director and I think that is a really key thing to especially when someone's early on in their career for them to understand uh, yeah, I agree and I think it's hard isn't it because you you know I read articles all the time right so I'm really invested in like learning how people develop and you know progress in their career and you see you know some f female CEOs talking about you know, when they had children, they went back to work after a couple of weeks and it was all about being in the office late. And that was the choice they made and they don't regret it. If they were given the same choice again, they, they do the same. And there's there's nothing wrong with that. And everyone's individual in in making the choices they want to. Um, and then you see other progression with women into executive level roles where they, they're still there and they didn't make that said choice and um you know you could relate it to any choice in life whether it's international relocation whether it's having kids you know regardless of what it is there are different ways of getting to where you want to be and i think that's what we need to look at because say in oliver james for example if you look at progression like you just said they might think oh well you know she's got there because she's done x y and z and you're just assuming you know you're assuming why, why somebody has got there it's, it's the flip side of it as well and i think sharing the journey is really important because there are other female directors in the business who are in the same role as me with a different story and a different journey yeah. and there's there's it's not the right fit for everyone is it um you know and that's that's I think everyone should share their story and then it will relate to more people yeah. so there you have it share the story that is the that's the moral um so thank you all. Um, if there was one thing you would give our listeners to take away from today's session, uh, what advice would that be? Raz, if I start with you. Okay, um, I think maybe review what success looks like and make sure that, that what the business views as success and what your employees view as success are aligned. I'll, I'll go next. Um, I would say 
start and make a succession plan have a um a talent pipeline ensure that your people know that they are talent and how they can progress in the, in your business it's hard this because there's so many things i think <laughs> i think what we were speaking about earlier was you know obviously from um a business standpoint you know you build your vision and you have your goals to achieve and no one ever takes a step back and says what is success and, and what can we where can we put the milestones in so for me I do think something I'll personally take away from this podcast having the discussion is I want to put milestones in for my team to make them feel like they're achieving and they are successful and then we'll keep changing those and, and moving the goalposts as we normally would but let's put the milestones in to to make people feel that they are being successful I think that's the, the important thing for me yeah amazing so that's it from us today thank you sarah razan and anna for joining us again today and thank you to our listeners uh, stay tuned for our final episode of the oliver james and dwf podcast as we discuss women in the legal sector if you've enjoyed this episode don't forget to subscribe and if you head over to our linkedin page you can stay up to date on all things oliver james thank you